Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 80. Psalm 80 is a psalm written by Asaf and we understand from the context that the theme of the psalm is that of restoration. For three times Asaf makes a plead to the Lord in verse 3, verse 7 and verse 19 he says, Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. From the context of the psalm, we understand that this prayer is made by Asaf to God on behalf of the northern kingdom, but also on behalf of Judah. Because uh, we understand that the northern kingdom, Israel, was uh, taken captive by Assyria in 722 BC. And uh, the mention of the tribes Ephraim, Manasseh and uh, Benjamin, and as well as the direct address in verse 1 which says Joseph, makes it certain that this is the context of the psalm. Chronologically, we understand that this was well before the captivity of Judah and God was almost like giving a warning to Judah to repent and to turn to him so that they will be able to see the uh, failure of uh, Israel and uh, repent in the process. The dark times that a person goes through, a family goes through or a nation goes through or a church goes through is God ordained so that we will be able to turn to him in repentance, in, self, uh, in looking into ourselves and uh, introspecting and finding that room to repent and turn back to God. And here we understand three times the psalmist says, Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. One of the main themes here in the psalm is that of restoration and that of salvation. And as we read the psalm, let us also introspect and uh, let's find that space to repent and turn back to God as the Spirit of God illumines the need for repentance in our own hearts. Verses 1 to 3 looks at Israel as the sheep or the flock of uh, Yehovah and verses 4 to 7 talks about the various sufferings that the nation of Israel went through and verses 8 to 19 talks about Israel as a choice vine that was uh, planted by the Lord and that uh, metaphor is actually developed further in this particular psalm. Let's look at verses 1 to 3. Verse 1 onwards, give ear O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Here the psalmist once again reminds God that he is the chief shepherd of the nation of Israel. Israel is just a flock and the flock is a familiar image for the people of God throughout the Bible. We see that uh, both in the Old Testament as well as in New Testament in John chapter 10, 1 Peter chapter 5 etc. And we, here we understand the request that the psalmist is making that he may lead his people through the crisis situations of their lives. Just as he had led them safely through the wilderness, he had led the way during the wilderness journeys of Israel and safely he brought them to the land of Canaan and established them there. Asaf is asking the Lord to stir up his strength and bring salvation to the people. In verse uh, 2 he says, stir up your might and come to save us. It reminds us of the words of Moses whenever Israel started on a journey. The uh, exhortation was, rise up, O God, may your enemies be scattered. And we understand that in the refrain, restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved, is a theme that comes from Numbers chapter 6 verses 22 to 27, where we talk about the high priestly benediction of Aaron. And we understand that it's not that God's glory 
increases or decreases but rather his favor upon a people is what is reflected by his face shining and when the face of god shines upon the nation of israel all is well and we understand that when god hides his face that glory ceases to shine and there is trouble for the nation of israel here the psalmist is crying out and saying restore us o god let your face shine that we may be saved meaning turn us again restore us to our former state of blessing and fellowship with god that's the instruction that uh, that's the desire that the psalmist is crying out before the lord in the process of restoration we need to understand that the initiative is always from god because god is a god who woos back the sinner back into his presence and he wants that restoration of the relationship with mankind just as even before man desires to be restored with god god desires to be restored with man that is why he made the plan of salvation and the prerogative the initiative is always from god because unless the lord draws our heart to him we will never be able to respond to that love of god it is the goodness of god that leads us to repentance as we read in the, the book of romans as well in verse in psalm 80 verse 2 we understand that the psalmist is asking god to rise up and come to save but he does not describe what is the fate that has befallen them what is the crisis that is presently there in verses 4 to 7 he describes the crisis that they have come to he says in verse 4 o lord god of hosts how long will you be angry with your people's prayers you have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure you make us an object of contention for our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves the nation of israel is the people of god and they are the sheep of his pasture but what happens is that lord is angry with his people now and his anger is smoldering like a fire that is about to erupt and consume and the word of god says here that he was even angry at their prayers and uh, the psalmist says how long o god will you be angry with us how long will you be angry with even our prayers you have fed us bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure the tears that were flowing down from the nation of israel represents both their food and drink meaning all through the day they were in tears because of the oppression of the enemies because of the current crisis that they were going through and to make it worse the neighbors who surrounded the nation of israel were laughing at the people of god and that again becomes one of the reasons for the nation of israel to cry out before god and in verse 4 as well as in in verse 7 uh, the psalmist addresses the lord as the lord of hosts or yahweh sabaoth that means that he is the one who controls the angelic armies he controls the armies of heaven and earth but although he was the one who was controlling the armies of heaven and earth the nation of israel was no longer experiencing that victory In verse 7 when the psalmist says restore us o god of hosts let your face shine that we may be saved that talks about another aspect of that salvation another aspect of the favor of god restore us o god so that once again we will be victorious over the enemies that are against us restore us o god so that once again we can walk in victory and when we look into ourselves this needs to be our prayer as well i believe that many of us are going through a period of our life where we may be experiencing the lack of favor of god we may be experiencing that uh, uh, time of uh, not having the close fellowship with god this is the time that god is wooing us back into his presence to once again get restored once again get back into that fellowship with him and this prayer in verse 3 says restore us 
possibility of face shine. Let the favor of God once again start shining on us so that we will be saved. And verse 7 says, Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. Meaning, it is a plea to God to allow us to once again walk in that victory. He wants us to be victorious and uh, when we have that desire to be victorious in our life, victorious in our spiritual life, the Lord will surely lead us as the captain of force. He will allow us to experience that victory. And we come to the next section of the psalm, the important section of the psalm, verses 8 to 19, where the Lord talks about the nation of Israel as a wine out of Egypt. There is a metaphor or a simile that where, we come, where the Lord compares the Israel to the wine. Now, the, let's imagine that picture. We see that theme reflected in various places in the Bible. We see that in Isaiah chapter 5, Jeremiah chapter 2. We see it in uh, Ezekiel chapter 15. We see it in Ezekiel chapter 17. Numerous places of the Bible, even in the New Testament, we understand that this image is used to describe God and his followers. And we understand that this was a, one of the prime images that the Lord had given for the nation of Israel as well. Verses 8 to 11 of the Sam, Sam 80 talks about the uh, establishing of Israel as a nation. The Lord says, the psalmist says, you brought a wine out of Egypt, you drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade and the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. The Lord transplanted the nation of Israel from Egypt to Canaan. He uprooted the nations in Canaan and he planted his people in the land of their inheritance. And as long as the people of God obeyed the Lord, the wine grew and covered more and more of the land. The boundaries of the nation, it reached from one end of that place to the other, from the hill country in south to the mighty cedars of Lebanon in the north, from Mediterranean Sea on the west to the Euphrates in the east, and it just expanded. But we understand a very serious turn of events when this luxurious wine that was brought from out of Egypt, it started disobeying the Lord and started producing worthless fruit and it started experiencing the chastening hand of God or the discipline of God. He withdrew his protection and permitted the enemy to enter the land and do, destroy or ruin the vineyard. And we see that in verses 12 onwards. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit, the boar from the forest ravages it, and all that move in the field feed upon it? In verses 8 till 11, we understand the benevolence of the Lord and the great plan that God had for the nation of Israel in that he allowed them to be established in the land of Canaan and to spread there and to bear fruit. But then Verses 12 to 13 talks about a change of uh, situation where we understand that the Lord withdrew his hand of protection and he broke down the walls so that other nations who were passing around came in and ravaged that particular nation of Israel. To understand this in the right context, we need to go to Isaiah chapter 5 and read from verses 1 till 7. And it carries a great message for every person who wants to understand Psalm 80. We need to have that combination of Isaiah chapter 5 and read it in parallel so that we can understand the full meaning as the Lord intended us to. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 1 says, 1 onwards, let me sing for my beloved. It's like the Lord singing this. My love song concerning his vineyard. 
my beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill he dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines he built a watchtower in the midst of it he hewed out a wine vat in it he looked for it to yield grapes but it yielded wild grapes and now o inhabitants of jerusalem and men of juda judge between me and my vineyard what more was there to do for my vineyard that i have not done in it when i looked for it to yield grapes why did it yield wild grapes and now i will tell you and the lord says in verses 1 to 4 how much he loved and cherished and nourished the nation of israel that uh, the picture that he uh, cared for that vineyard brings out really the love that the lord has for the nation of israel he says here he dug it on a very fertile hill hill he planted it and he cleared out the stones he planted the choice vineyards he built a watchtower he hewed a wine vat in it he looked for it to yield grapes but it yielded wild grapes now in verse 5 onwards the lord changes the tone and he says now i will tell you what i will do to my vineyard i will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured i will break down its wall and it shall be trampled upon i will make it a waste it shall not be pruned or hoed and the briars and thorns will grow up and i will also command the clouds that may that they rain no rain upon it it shows a terrible chastisement or a discipline that comes upon the nation of israel for the nation had failed to bear that fruit and that makes us introspect in our heart how serious it is to be a fruitful vine for the lord the lord is a lord who comes looking for fruit in our lives and when he comes looking for fruit in our lives when he does not see that fruit it is his grace and mercy that he has allowed us until this day to be alive the truth is the lord is a patient god he is a god of second chances and third chances he is really benevolent towards us but the lord always keeps a timeline as well his mercies are new every morning with every time a child of god hears a message of repentance and restoration the lord wants him to look into his heart and allow the holy spirit to shine the light upon those areas of his life that needs cleansing but if a person refuses to be cleansed if a person refuses to uh, weed out those things that are preventing his fruit from bearing if a person completely rebels against god and refuses to bear that rich fruit that he is looking for then what the lord does is he removes that hand of protection he allows the enemies to come in and devour and the the situation completely changes the walls are broken down the walls carry the idea of protection and in isaiah chapter 60 verse 18 we understand that the walls are called the walls of salvation as well so dearly beloved how seriously we must take the issue of being saved as the word of god says how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation that has been given to us and the lord wants us as his children to deeply be in prayer in his presence to come before him with a humble heart a repentant heart to confess our sins before him and to be restored back into his presence In verse 14 onwards the psalmist says turn again o god of hosts look down from heaven and see have regard for this vine the stock that your right hand planted for the son whom you made strong for yourself they have burnt it with fire they have cut it down may they perish at the rebuke of your face 
But let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the son of man whom you have made strong for yourselves. Then we shall not turn back from you. Give us life and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. The Lord has not forsaken Israel. He has still a plan for them. He had a plan for them. That is why he sent the Messiah. In spite of the rejection of the Messiah, he still today has a plan for them. And likewise, for every child of God who, whom he has saw, shed the blood for so that they can be saved, he still has a plan. And as long as they are alive, they still have a chance to repent and get back to the Lord. It doesn't matter whether you have not known the Lord at all. It doesn't matter whether you have known the Lord or maybe you have gone away from Him for a season. But the Lord in His grace and in His mercy, today He is looking for a restoration, a repairing of the relationships so that He can once again bestow His favor on each one of us. He desires that we be fruitful and in bearing fruit he is glorified and he wants to see his glory reflected in each one of us. It doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, the Lord wants us to be that fruitful vine for which he he will take the glory. And we need to understand that today as God is giving us yet another opportunity, let us desire to walk in the light as he is the light. And let us desire to once again confess our sins before him so that we can find that forgiveness in him. Let us ask the Spirit of God to shine that light of the Holy Spirit in our hearts so that we can understand our heart as the Lord himself sees it. We can understand the things that we need to repent of, the things that we need to yield before God so that once again we can be in that warm embrace of God. Once again we can be in that fellowship with God. And it is only in that fellowship fellowship with God that we can bear fruit. The word of God reminds us unless we abide in Jesus Christ we will never be able to bear fruit for we can do nothing on our own unless we are joined with the Lord and that life flow comes from the Lord Jesus into our hearts only then can we bear the fruit. That is why the fruit that a Christian produces is called the fruit of the spirit. It is not the fruit that we are producing on our own initiative from our fleshly efforts but it is the fruit of the Spirit of God coming in us and flowing out of us. Dearly beloved, let this Sam give us that holy desire to once again be in the presence of God. Once again repent and once again rely on Him for our salvation. If anyone who is hearing to this message, who is listening to this message, has gone away from God for a season, the Lord wants you to come back to Him. Turn back to Him. Confess, repent and you will receive the forgiveness of sins as we read in 1 John chapter 1 verses 7 to 9. The Lord is gracious to, and he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and from all iniquity. The Lord is still willing to produce in our lives and through our lives the rich fruit that he is looking for. May the Lord continue to bless us through the psalm. Three times the psalmist says, restore us of O God. And today, let us also cry out to the Lord and say, Restore us, O God, into that plan and purpose for which you had called us, so that your name will be glorified. May the Lord richly bless us through the meditation of these